I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Down. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. We are coming to you. What, what's the face already about, Steph? I have a headache. I told you that. Don't. Well, no, I mean, I can't. I told you I can't control my volume. Uh, that's right. This is Broad Street Hockey Radio, BSH Radio. We are coming to you from the Wildfire Studios, and I gotta say, we're still fired up. If you haven't heard, if you just, if you've missed it, maybe you haven't uh, been plugged in recently. You know, just a lot going on in the world. You're watching the NBA playoffs or something. Uh, the Flyers, the hockey team, the Flyers have the second overall pick in this June's draft. Is this true? As far as my professional sources are conform- have been able to confirm, the Flyers have and continue to have the second pick. They That's amazing. T- they haven't taken it away Big yet. Big if true. <laughs> they have not yet traded it uh, for a goaltender. Maybe they will. Uh, <laughs> second pick for Bernier, please. Uh, but my name is Bill Matz, and I am your director of Fun and Games for the evening. And we're going to have fun and play games tonight because I don't even know what the hell we're going to talk about. The outline has some stuff in it. We're going to get to it, maybe talk about the playoffs finally. I have something from the from a January issue of Sports Illustrated <laughs> I finally want to discuss. He's, li- he's literally been putting this in every single outline every week yeah, and I never get to it. It's the least like, consequential thing ever, and I just need to get to it now because it's an obsession of mine. It bothered you for three months. <laughs> it, it's been bothering me. Uh, so let me introduce you to my panel for the night. First and foremost, the man with the observations, Charlie O'Connor. So... I feel like every time we talk about the expansion draft, not everybody, but it always comes up with like, oh, well, you know, maybe they'll take this player we actually hate, or maybe they'll trade for this player that we don't even want. And I'd like to make the point that it seems like Vegas might not be run by idiots. I mean, they went out a couple <laughs> weeks ago and they signed uh, Shapachev, who was like one of the best uh, KHL players. And they signed him to be their number one center, basically, which was, in my mind, a brilliant idea. Because they basically went to this guy, and probably the only team in the NHL that could do this, and say, come over, play for Vegas, you'll be our star player, you'll get top, top line minutes. No other team would have signed they him. They only given have him one other player. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> they can do it. Yeah, they yeah, they yeah. can offer him anything he wants in terms of exposure and in terms of, you know, basically getting the star treatment that no other team could. And that was brilliant because it was Vegas realizing what they could actually sell a guy and going you out there smoke and getting him. in our casinos. There you go. Can you still do that in Vegas? Point. I, think, I just yes. assume all oh, yeah. Russians smoke. Yeah. It's, it's, I guess it's just an assumption it's, I make. It's just your racism? Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like, I do want us to understand that, like, Vegas, yeah, they might make some dumb decisions, and maybe the expansion draft will be a total dumpster fire, but there's a really good chance that Vegas will be run by pretty smart people who will not take Andrew McDonald. <laughs> do, do people still think that they're going to take a dream? A, I mean, that's all that it let's, is. Let's just let's just assume that Vegas will make smart choices, and then if they don't make smart choices, we'll all be present. Let surprised. me put let me put the Andrew McDonald dream in perspective for everyone who says it's not going to happen. The Flyers had a. 1.4% chance of getting the second overall Two. pick? 2. 2.4. 2.8, I think, actually, let's put for the, second overall. I think it was 2.4. Let's for put the Andrew McDonald odds of going to Vegas at around 2.4%. Yes, of course, that yes, the uh, the odds they take Michael Neuvert are uh, like 97.6%. Like <laughs> That's everything but, else, <laughs> according to Bill. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but no, uh, I do think people are like, Vegas is just going to take everyone's problems off their like, hands. Every team and that there has will an, be some problems. Every that team get, that has an extra goalie, their fans are like, yeah. hey, Vegas will take our extra goalies. Like, they only need two goalies. <laughs> they have to take three. 
So they are okay, going to take fair. three goalies, but but one will probably be a prospect. Yeah, and one will be a pro- one will be of Stolers, a team right? that just yeah probably. Uh, yeah, but Vegas is gonna like take players from your team that you may actually like and not want them to take, and you know that's just the way it goes. But Vegas is hopefully gonna be kind of competitive. Like I would hate to just have a thirty-first team that's like an AHL team basically. So I hope they do make some smart moves. I just hope they take someone from the Flyers I don't like. Everyone else I hope is really good. I mean. Yeah. Everyone else from the Metro, at least. That'd be cool. Yeah, if they yeah. take Calvin DeHaan from the Islanders, I'll exactly. be thrilled. Exactly. I, I don't know. I just think that when you get the opportunity to build a team from scratch, you're going to want to do it with good young players. You, you are, like a good but idea. Like, general just... managers across the board, the best GMs in the league, all do stupid stuff. Well, yeah, but you're building a team from scratch. And you only have so much cap space there are only so many players that are going to be exposed so there are going to be dumb moves made oh yeah of course but to think that they're going to be like yes andrew mcdonald is a top three defenseman <laughs> is probably is probably a little overly optimistic. nobody thinks that but dave haxtell yeah. what if they took dave haxtell well i would give the, like <laughs> <I> would... <laughs> wow so you gotta okay. you gotta think deeper into it the, the party that <laughs> they do oh, have a coach have... already by the way just you can be an i don't assistant. i don't care Mm-hmm. He's doing care. a great job uh, as being the assistant for Team Canada. They, of course, didn't win the gold medal, even there though they go. invented the game. He was just dreaming about Vandevelde on the bench. He's like, you know, I, I see Konechny out there, and I just need to scratch him for Vandevelde. Like, he's, he's just getting... like, sitting there. He's, he's just like scratching him. He's like, oh, I can't take it anymore. I just need to scratch him. Konechny keeps scoring all these assists, which means he's not playing defense. <laughs> so we got to scratch him. Uh, that voice you heard there, our guest for the week, Joey Pierogi's. Hi, I'm here. I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here. And I'm here to talk about the Flyers. They're they're a hockey team that, for the most part, is pretty disappointing. But they have their moments and their second overall draft pick, which is probably the best thing that's going to happen to them in the last, or for the next 10 years. Hey, well, I certainly hope not. It better not be. We used our miracle already. That's that's 2020, they're winning the cup. It's happening. Well, 2019, the Jets are winning. Yeah. Which, which Jets? That's what the hockey news does. <laughs> Winnipeg or New York? The, <laughs> the hockey news stands by their 2019 Jets Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah, Stanley. that was a thing yeah. because they had all the prospects. The prospect yeah. report episode. I think I still have that issue somewhere. Oh. <laughs> I'm picturing piles of magazines in your bedroom. Now. I have a lot of magazines. Okay. Okay. I That's have good. every Rolling Stone issue from, from like the last five years. I got a lot of questions, but not for today. <laughs> Bill Matz, keeping physical media alive. That, that voice, I just like it. Like I can't concentrate on something on my iPad. I subscribe to a magazine on my iPad. I'm like, this is stupid. And I can't. <laughs> <laughs> the fly by yourself, Kelly Hinkle. So... I'm curious about what you guys think of the NHL's forced parody, because Ryan Lambert actually wrote an article that came out today uh, where he was complaining that the league's forced parody has ruined the NHL playoffs and that there's nothing random or fun that happens anymore. And I found this interesting because we talked a lot last week. About how the people HC were... just swept the <laughs> Chicago Blackhawks. Somehow he thinks that none of us should have been surprised by that happening. But it, I just found it interesting because we talked a lot last week about how people were complaining at, about the results of this year's playoffs being random and no one being able to predict them with their models. But yeah, I mean, I don't really like the force parody that's come with the cap era, but I also don't think it's in any way ruined the NHL playoffs. I mean, look at the 2010 Flyers. You know, perfect example, like, forced parity. Like, how am I going to put this? Like, if they don't score, they don't win that shootout, they don't go anywhere. But, you know, they win that shootout, they go all the way to the cup final. Yeah, I mean, his main argument is there's no, like, dominating team like you see in the in, in the NBA that kind of rolls Three teams over. have split seven of the last eight cups. Yeah, I, I, I don't, don't know how, like... I don't understand. I'm sorry it's not the NBA, up. and the, the only... Re- like, you're in the NBA in, a, in an era where... One team has maybe the greatest athlete who's ever lived, and the other team just gets to do all sorts of awesome stuff with their roster because Steph Curry has bad ankles and had to sign a shitty contract because of it. Like, that's it. That's why the NBA is what it is right now. The NHL, and no sport is like that. The NFL is the biggest freaking thing in the world, and uh, other than the Patriots, who win uh, you know a couple now and then, but aren't by any means like dominant every single year. Well, they like, kind other- of are. Yeah. yeah, but they went 10 years in between, like, they went from 04 to, what, 2011 without winning a Super Bowl? I mean, so, they made the like, playoffs, what, every year in there, though? Because still? they're in a terrible freaking decision. 
the yeah, division run by true. people who are oh, dumber yeah. than me. Like, I, yeah. I, I just don't know what people want. Everyone complains about how shitty the NBA playoffs are, but then that final is going to have, like, a hundred billion people watch it. Right. Uh, the NHL playoffs could be the greatest thing ever, and, and 500,000 people yeah. are going to watch it right. regardless. So, what, what it's I just the way it is. What, what ticks me off about the whole idea the format of, like, is dumb. force parity and all this other crap, like, okay, you got, out of the four teams that are in the playoffs, you have the Penguins who are good. You have the two teams in the West who are both good. You're basically just complaining about Ottawa, and you know why. Yes. And, 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 and you know why Ottawa New still convinced stakes. But, like, but like, you know why Ottawa is in the stupid is in the stupid conference final because weekend. they didn't play anybody good. Because the real conference final was Washington Pittsburgh. Yes. Because the format is garbage. This is not because of force parity and all this other crap. It's because Washington should be playing Pittsburgh in the conference finals. That was yes. the conference final. That's the problem. The problem is a force parity. The problem is this, this utterly ridiculous format. Yeah. I have a couple things to say. Number Please one, do. Ryan Lambert is totally someone who consistently sticks to sports. That's true. He does. He's very professional. Very professional. <laughs> consistently sticks to sports. Does not have the baseball crank as his Avi. Never. Absolutely sticks to sports. <laughs> Number two... I didn't know what the term force parity meant until very, very recently. And by that, I mean the last 10 minutes. <laughs> well, I'm happy to help. Hey, um, I'm in the boat too. I mean, I understand the concept, yeah. obviously. I just didn't know the term. I do think the NHL could do small things to make the league. Like, I just think call some slashes, and that's part of my hot take. So, like, we'll get to it. Spoiler but, alert. But, but like, that mm-hmm. and just make the format sensical. Like, that's that, the thing. There's like. That's it. There's like a million logical small things that they could do to improve their product, but every single decision that they make ruins their game. It's like they really just cannot get out of their own way. It's unbelievable to me. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And the time hockey was at its most popular, like one team won every cup. Well, there was like six. The Edmonton Oilers won every cup. That was that. Continue stuff. I think that was it. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, the, yeah, no, that was it. The format was is bad. It's and, very bad. And I mean, like, let's look at the playoffs. Just this season, how many games went to overtime? A lot. The a first lot. round set them. a record, didn't it, for games yeah. that went it to did. overtime? And and you want to? I I just I can't. And also, I believe they set a record for one goal games in these playoffs. I, I think you're right. Yeah. So things have been close. I just I can't get behind the comparison between the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs just because they happen at the same time. They're two wildly different sports. And they're best of seven. One is on ice yeah. one is on a wood floor. Wow, Joe. Is this Thank true? You. That's an astute observation. Thank you. There it's it's the same general format in that it's four best of seven rounds, but like it's just I don't know, the two set of... The they're, two, just, they're just so different. The two sports are just wildly different, and people complain about both nonstop. <laughs> but all know. I've heard all playoff season for both sports is people complaining yeah. about the quality of both playoffs. I, I, I legitimately do not understand what people... what. Everyone seems to have an issue with the NHL playoffs. I don't get it. Like, the NBA playoffs, yes, their three rounds have basically been garbage. But, like... The you, final but, is going but, to be but, epic. But the thing, like you know that, like everyone who's honest with them, with themselves agrees going into the playoffs that all right, well we know who the finals are going to be. We just have to get there, and then once we get there, it's going to be two and a half weeks of awesome. The the NHL playoffs is like the opposite. They basically kill it in the beginning, and then they cross their fingers and hope to God that the matchup in the finals is okay. Anybody who didn't enjoy the first round of the NHL playoffs just doesn't like hockey. Yeah. That's all there is to it. A bunch of teams I don't like were winning games, and I was like, this is great. (laughs) This is an awesome time. Well, it's because the Leafs are fun. It is. It is. That's true. But I also like. I enjoy the Blackhawks, and they got swept, and I was like, this is awesome. Like, you know. Yeah. Anyway. It was awesome. (laughs) Everyone knows, uh, you know, I love the foot. What? Were you going to introduce me? You just skipped it. No, you didn't. Oh, I thought you gave your hot take. She didn't. You totally mm-hmm. forgot to introduce oh, her. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, then Steph Sorry. No, no, I don't, I don't. No, it's fine. I don't exist. Go ahead. That's cool. Who are you? <laughs> I want to talk about Ice Girls, um, which is something that comes up every year. Uh, the Flyers are holding auditions, or they at least advertise that they're going to be holding auditions um, this year. And people are, are upset again. And, and I understand. I understand why, because it is it is you know the the, the sexualization of females, um, but I don't have a problem with them because they're choosing to do what they're doing. Like no one's forcing them 
to be an ice girl like this is this is something that they are actively choosing they know what the uniform is going to be they know what they're going to be doing and they're getting paid to do so so the problem that i have is is the things that we heard whether it was last year or the year before when they're not allowed to be seen eating and they're not allowed to even like look the players in the eye i mean that's that's a huge fucking problem like give them their crab fries and let people see them eating them. There's nothing shameful about eating crab fries. Unless you spill them. If you spill them, I mean, that's, that's a different story. That's (laughs) shameful. Um, But like, there's nothing shameful about eating. Um, So like, I concur. If, if what they're wearing makes you uncomfortable, like I get that, but also like they're, they're, athletes like they're not athletes in the way of hockey players but they are like you've got to have a dance or cheerleading background and you have to be athletic so you've got to be able like, to skate you've well got, you have to be able yeah. to skate well um and like they, they test you on your skating too mm-hmm. like it's not like you just show up and you're half naked and and that's it i mean they, they test you on your skating and your ability to remember routines and perform them in front of an audience of thousands so like I, I get it, but like let's appreciate beautiful bodies, yeah, male or understood. female. Like I let's just appreciate beautiful bodies. Do people complain about like um, cheerleaders in football? Yes. Do yeah, they, they do. do they yeah. really? People yeah. complain about really? everything. Yeah. yeah, I'm just curious because yeah, I don't at know. least the ice girls serve a, pur- a purpose. Like the cheerleaders are just there to look good. At least the ice girls have shovels. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So we give cheerleaders shovels? Well, no. The flyers, the flyers have now transitioned the 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 uh ice girls half are on the ice shoveling and the other half are waving pom-poms like they are yeah. cheerleading okay. all right yeah but if they're not on the ice then how are they an ice girl because it's the ice sport yeah <laughs> the flyers play that <laughs> got about the ice sport. it's the ice sport <laughs> i wondered like does like does the every now and then the prettiest one like have to go up to the like uh press box and sit because like she's not shoveling well enough <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <she> gotta learn <laughs> Learning experience. Yeah. yeah, you go up there and you learn. Yeah, and does, how to shake. Those and does she get told she's not shoveling for the night? And the yeah. worst one is going to shovel. Yeah, instead. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. I see what we're doing here, and I like it. it <laughs> <laughs> because as soon as I said prettiest one, everyone looked at me like, "Where is he going?" <laughs> I was a little bit concerned, but I'm glad. I'm glad that we went the way of benching. The one who's prettiest on the inside. The one with the best personality. Listen, personality matters. Whatever. I'm just, I'm here to appreciate bodies. All right. So every, They're beautiful. They're beautiful. I, I alluded to this uh, earlier. Everyone knows I love the fights, and I love physical, quote unquote, old time hockey, which I wanted to sidebar. In Slapshot, when they talk about old-time hockey, they're actually talking about not playing like goons. They're like, let's play like Toe Blake and Eddie Shore. They're like, let's not go out and be pro wrestlers. Because I mean, Eddie Shore was really mean. but well, didn't you He was also really good, but yeah. he was really mean. It's, that's their thing. Is they say, let's go play old-time hockey tonight. Let's not goon it up because this is our last game. Anyway, but old-time hockey has come to mean just brawling at this point, basically. Uh I'm all for like seeing the physicality and seeing the intensity of playoff hockey. There's a reason everyone says there's nothing like playoff hockey because it's awesome. Like just to see guys go out and like put their 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 lives in danger to win uh, to win a race to a, a little rubber disc flying across the ice is awesome. But I gotta say, there's gotta be a line of. There's nothing entertaining about slashes and, and cross checks and all this stick work that just slows the game down and unnecessarily puts players in danger. Like, the game is already fast and crazy enough. I just don't see... I don't see how not calling a cross-check or not calling a slash to the wrists makes the game more entertaining. Like, put... doesn't. Like, you know what? Every now and then, like, we just talked about the NBA, but, like, there could be a, a little bit something that the NHL could learn from the NBA, like... If LeBron goes to the hoop and someone gets a hand on him, he gets called for the foul because you want to feature your best players. Like we talked about a couple weeks ago, I think, you know, Brady, somebody rolls up on him when he's in the pocket. Well, now you can't hit quarterbacks below the knee because these are the players who make you your money. And I just wish, like, Johnny Goudreau could handle the puck without getting slashed. If somebody skates up to him and lays him out, awesome, that's a cool play. But, like, just a little, like, spear, that just makes the game worse. And I hate that that's a part of the game now. And 
a, a slash to the stick, which to me isn't a slash. That's a, that's a defensive play. Is is that's a penalty because it broke the stick? Obviously, there's evidence he's going to the box. But a slash to the gloves goes uncalled, and it just stops a cool play from happening. I just I I want to see good stuff, not stuff that slows the game down. And I feel like that's where like there's this weird blurry line where oh it's playoff hockey you can't call that. No, he headbutted him. Call it. Like, I that's my thing for the week. Yeah, sometimes. Bill is like ultra correct, and this is one of those times. <laughs> so everyone make a note of Bill being extra right. Dear diary. <laughs> Today, Bill was right. <laughs> I think it's just what it, what it comes down to is like the refs don't want to be deciding a playoff game, and that that's yeah. what that's why they but pull back. But you're not. It's the rules. No, I, I agree with you. And what you end up with is you end up with playoff games yeah. that are like, you know, Hook and you know hook and grab hockey from the early two thousands with the Devils like yeah. that that's what you end mm-hmm. up with because obviously if you're gonna let this stuff go the players are gonna keep doing it because it works as we saw with the Devils like did you're incentivized to do something because you know you're not gonna get called for it like it's it cracks me up I think there was a game I think it was the the Caps Penguins series and like there was a play after the Penguins had pulled their goalie where Malkin literally like set a pick. And like just knocked a dude over who was trying to skate to the point it's like to to attack the guy with the puck. It was like the most blatant interference penalty you could possibly think of. But they weren't gonna call it because it was six on five and it was the end of a game yep. and you don't want to decide. It's like, no, it's a penalty. You gotta call it. It was blatant. And they know it's not gonna be called, so it's, they, so do, they it. do it. Yeah. I always uh whenever like and this was high school hockey, but whenever I got called for like uh you know, my team got called for like a bullshit call we felt, I would just say, Let's go out all I did was kill penalties my last two years. That's that's the only thing I did. Oh. Did, did you just fling <laughs> <your mind? laughs> no, that's, I, I was straight up Nick Grossman. I was terrible. I just blocked shots. That's all I did. But like, if we got called for something, we were going out there. I was like, let's just mug them because they're not going to call us again. Like, it's not going to be five on three at the end of this game. Let's just yeah. go out and mug them. And that's how I feel. Like at the end of games, that's what happens in the NHL now. And I just like. That's part of the forced parity that bothers me. Uh, like, no. If this team deserves to give up three power play goals in a row, then that's what should happen. Rules are rules are rules are rules. They committed yep. the foul. If you're going to lax some of the rules, like, I don't I, Lacks the right ones. And the, no, it and the, me nuts. Yeah, and the issue, like, because the, the refs will always say, oh, we don't want to be deciding the game. And the thing is that if. But you, then they'll call no, back no, a goal no, on an no, offside. No, but it's like if you start calling the penalties, then the players won't do it as much. It's just the idea of incentives. Right. Like, if they're incentivized because they know it's not going to get called, they're going to do it more, which is going to slow the game down. Whereas if you call it a bunch in the beginning, the players are going to be like, oh, I guess we can't do that anymore. I guess we should open things up a little bit. Look at the first month after the. the the 05 lockout. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, everyone was getting called for obstruction, and by December, the game was wide open. Like, it's just, I don't know. Make yourself more entertaining, hockey. Be really simple. Yeah, Be do better. better. Yeah. And well, again, I love I love violence. I'm all for violence on the ice. It's yeah, like the, the right kind. kind of violence. Yeah, you want the good kind of the, violence. The legal kind. Yeah, yeah. Fight if you have to. That's cool. But like cross checks to the head, uh, it doesn't need to be part of the game. No, I agree with you. All right, guys. So as I said in the intro, uh, Flyers still have the second overall pick, hey. and that is good. Is it true? Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, you like the Flyers? Yeah. The Flyers are a team. They play a sport called hockey. We're gonna talk about the hockey team known as the Flyers. Thank you very much turning on this show in case you didn't know it's broad street hockey radio bill and kelly and steph and charlie they all love hockey specifically the flyers let's go the flyers the hockey team the flyers win all of the games and then the stanley cup (laughs) the explosion always the flyers the (laughs) the best part of that song so the uh, the you know the scouting reports and the who's gonna go one who's gonna go two and all that stuff is starting to come out and I gotta tell you like the more I read about both of these guys the less I'm gonna be disappointed in like whoever I because I keep saying I want Nico just because if I have the if I have the choice I want to go with the guy who doesn't have the injury history but mm-hmm. the more I read about both of them the more I'm like. Flyers can't lose. And the Devils are going to end up with a great player regardless. It sucks that they won the lottery because F the Devils. But <laughs> the Flyers are going to end up with a really good player, and that really excites me. Hopefully. Um, Discuss. Well, I mean, there, there, <laughs> yes. was, there was a breaking uh, bit of information that we got today about 
these two prospects, specifically um, Nolan Patrick, who does not like pizza or chocolate. But he does like cheesesteaks. It's not a human. How do you not like pizza? Made no, he for said, us. He said he likes the components of pizza, but does not like like it. I'm sorry. I, if, if you don't like pizza, don't be on my hockey. He's team. from Canada. He doesn't know what pizza is. Well, I'm telling you, that's he's the from, other Western let's, let's, let's Canada. They don't know what they're doing. Well, how does he know what a cheesesteak is if he's from Canada? He probably is thinking of something that has peppers on it. Proverov texted and was like, "Hey, these people here are crazy about food. <laughs> Tell me, <them> like, cheesesteaks." <laughs> <laughs> I can totally see Proverov doing that. See, that's what happened. <laughs> I wouldn't Tell doubt me, it. you like cheesesteaks. They love it. Yeah, Proverov probably texted and was like, "Listen." Somebody asked you about a, whole a, a hot dog. <laughs> if somebody asked you about a, a hot dog, do not answer. <laughs> I, I still want. I, I still want Nolan Patrick. He addressed. He addressed his injury issues today, and and how he's one hundred percent. Um, how he thinks that he's gotten all, or he would like to think that he's gotten all of the injuries out in the beginning of his career, as opposed to the end. Um, they they were saying that if he had been born four days earlier and gone in last year's draft, that it, he probably would have been number three behind uh, Austin Matthews and uh, Lightning. Like that's a pretty fucking good player. Pretty, pretty like, good. Pretty good. Pretty good. I I think that um I think that Nolan Patrick really is at this season. Yeah, the injury played a played a role in it, but I really believe a lot of it is just that people love to tear down the guy who's the number one guy. Hmm. Like, you know, you, and he's been the you consensus spend, You spend one. the entire yeah. year nitpicking every little thing about him. And Nico's the guy who kind of came out of nowhere, and it's like he's the exciting guy. And he's, he had the huge World he's Juniors. He's the guy on the ascension. Nolan Patrick didn't get to play in the World Juniors because he was injured, yeah. which allowed people to then talk about the injury. Like, And I, Patrick's I, older, so they've had a lot of time. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of time to, to be nitpick. able to look at him and be yeah. like, oh, well, you're really good at this, but not elite at this. <laughs> like, so two, you're bad. Two seasons ago. This isn't even talking about last year. This is talking about the year before that. Nolan Patrick was a point per game player in mm-hmm. in the WHL. That's pretty amazing. And so, like, yes, even though he's old for his draft year, that's still pretty ridiculous. That you're a point per game guy before. It's basically, I guess, your age sixteen season in juniors. <laughs> that's insane. That's nuts. Yeah. And then, and and everybody's going back to how like, oh well, his production stagnated in his in, in his draft year. Okay, statistically maybe. But let's look at the facts here. This is a guy who came back from her, from sports hernia surgery and was on a significantly worse team because multiple players, including Provorov, were no longer on the brand. Yeah, like an case. NHL potentially number one defenseman yeah. came off your team. And hard to replace those. And he still, despite the fact he was playing through injury, despite the fact his team was worse, he basically had the same point per game ratio this year. Like to me, that's not even a stagnation. That's like he got better, despite the fact that he was probably playing at 70 to 80% the whole year. Like, I'm really excited for Nolan Patrick because I'm I'm slowly just kind of realizing like that's who they're probably gonna get. And I'm the more I more I look at it, the more I think like he probably should be the number one overall pick. See, I, and then and another thing is like when you just look at stats, it doesn't tell you the full story. You know, you look at how many goals he's scored, you look how many points he had. That doesn't tell you everything. You know, he could have had the same amount of points, but he could have developed his game in other you know other areas, and he could be better. You know, I don't know, in driving play. Could be. You never know. Yeah, yeah, could be a play driver. Could be a play driver. <laughs> Charlie's favorite. <laughs> Love the play drivers. That's I. Uh, Steph brought up the the quote that was in I think the Dave Isaac Courier mm-hmm. Post yeah, article. How he says, "I hope, uh, I hope I got. I just think maybe I got all the entries out of my way, uh, out of the way early." And it actually it made me poke a hole in my own theory that guys who get hurt all the time get hurt all the time. Because I remembered a very specific player. Oh, please tell me. I remembered a very specific player. Uh, it's it's. And you're not gonna like it because it's a it's a different sport analogy. Damn but, it! Yeah, uh, it was some, someone my buddy brought up to me because I remember we had this conversation about him at the time. Cole Hamels when he was in the minors, yeah, that's true. Kept getting hurt. Yeah, and it was like, oh great, we got this guy who's, who who has potential to be an ace, and he's always hurt. Did he break his hand in a bar fight? Broke his hand in a bar fight. Not only did he get injured, he broke like a rule from Bull Durham. Like, <laughs> the, like you broke a rule from like the Bible, basically. Like how are you this dumb? But like, and then he came up. And he made 30 starts a season every year with the Phillies. So it was like, yeah, he just got all of his injuries out of the way early. Maybe he just had a string of bad luck. And that's totally possible with Nolan Patrick. And like I said, I just, if I had my choice, I want Nico because 
it's just he's got he's the guy without the history. Yeah, there's there's a risk element. There's uh, there you can't totally brush aside yeah. injury history, but at the same time, it's not like it's a certainty that he's injury prone. He might yeah. be, but he also might not be. I brought this up on Twitter, I think about a week ago. Justin Williams. Like remember when the Flyers yep. traded Justin Williams and it was oh well he's injury prone. He's never gonna he's never gonna be like the guy. I think he's he, what is he like 36, 37 now and he's missed like four regular <laughs> season games in the last five years in his thirties. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, like sometimes guys good. just kinda get unlucky. He had a couple knee injuries and probably got the tag of being injury prone, and then in his thirties, when you probably should be breaking down, he's never getting hurt. Like sometimes injuries are just fluky. They're not part of some trend that's going to recur over and over again. Sometimes it's just a fluke, and maybe this is a fluke. Like it does annoy me also when people bring up the collarbone thing with Nolan Patrick. Like that happened when he was like fourteen. Like it, his bones are still developing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not even like it happened this like last year. Like that happened when he was literally like in uh, elementary school. Like, let, let's, 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 let's calm down here for a second. And I think people are so, like, fantasy football, uh, like, NFL draft obsessed. They try to translate that to everything. Like, you have to remember you're taking 17 and 18-year-olds. It's not yeah. It's not these, yeah. like, 22, 23-year-old guys who are now at this point basically grown men. Like, uh, Nolan Patrick is 18. Yeah. He's 18. He's, he's not... Where he's gonna be, and but and Nico needs to bulk up a lot too. That's the yeah. one thing. Like yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to weigh. I'm trying to weigh between is the Nolan Patrick injury history versus I really want someone who's gonna be on the team this year. And like Nico, he shares own coach is like, no, he can't play in the NHL next year. He was. He, he was, might be able to. He was, they're saying he was totally exhausted by the end of his junior season. And like he also played in World Juniors, played in the prospect game and everything, and he was just done at the end. And he might just need to bulk up before he can play in the NHL. And they, uh, which, every, is fine. Yeah. Yeah. which is fine. Which is fine. Like If the Flyers get his year and he yeah. can't play next year, that's totally cool. Go back to, to the queue We got Phil for another up. year, so it's fine. Yeah. And it'll burn another year off of Andrew McDonald's contract. So. <laughs> no, Vegas is taking him, though. Gotta remember that stuff. He played the 40 games. We're going back there. But no, I, I, I'm basically with you on this one, Bill, in the sense that, like, I've kind of went back and forth. Like, when they won the lottery, I was like, God, I wish they could get Patrick, but he's totally going to go number one. And then I, d- I did some research. I was like, you know, maybe I'd actually prefer Heischer because of the injuries and because of the skill set. And now I'm coming back around to be like, you know what? Like, I-, I still think I'm sort of leaning Nico, but I'm so totally fine with Nolan Patrick if, if, if he ends up being the guy. I'm not going to be disappointed. No, that's, no, and neither that's, one's going to be bad. And that's the thing. Like, what I really, really, really don't want to see happen is have everybody kind of pick their favorite like the one that they want and then hate the other one and like either way we're going to get a good player good or great player like they're going to be impactful on the team in some capacity in the future so like I understand having your your favorite out of the two, but let's not kill off and hate the other one because there's still a 50-50 chance. Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. As someone tweeted me today, it's, Craig oh, it's going to happen. still like has yeah. Nico so going has, to the Devils. Okay, so he's still got... Yeah, it's it's funny with, um, with like, okay, is he going to be a good player? Because Kurt in our Slack chat a couple weeks ago actually kind of brought that up and said, you know, what is the like worst case scenario for the guy they take number two and i was like i guess the worst case scenario would be ryan murray who was a second overall pick to columbus a few years back and like he's still an nhl player he's just injury prone and probably ideally a third pair defenseman but like that's still an nhl player who's gonna play 300 to 500 nhl games yeah so if that's your absolute worst case and that's like if everything goes wrong that's not terrible. Right. So let's not hate them both or hate either one right now. Let's wait till we find out which one goes to Jersey. And then hate, and then hate him like, with all of our venom. Like, like, have your list prepared, pros and cons, but don't hate them yet. It's like we're not even supposed to be here. You know, we're supposed exactly. to be yes. so far down in the draft. Like, just be grateful that you're getting one of these, you know, possibly game breaking players. Yeah, like right. this totally changes what that this team is going to have to do and the moves it's going to have to make when they're ready to contend. Yep. Like, okay, maybe yep. neither one of these guys is like that elite 1C that we're th- – like it's not clearly 
no one thinks it's a it's a McDavid, it's a Matthews kind of thing, and maybe they don't have that guy. But between you know either Patrick or Heshear plus Giroux and Couturier, you have three number twos. Yeah, it's and pretty that's good. Pretty Good. Pretty like, good. You can win like that. Yeah, you, you can, can absolutely win, win like that, that way. Especially if yep. your defense, which is what it's supposed yeah, to I mean, be. You're, you're yeah. basically the Flyers are basically hoping that their defense in five years is what Nashville's defense is now. Mm-hmm. And Nashville is going to the Stanley Cup Finals. Like Ryan Johansson, now he's hurt, but like Ryan Johansson is a good player. He's far from a superstar. He's like a low end one C or a really good two C, and they're going to make the finals. Because they have P.K. Subban, Ryan Ellis, Matias Alcombe, and Roman Josie. Like, that's why. And if, if the defensemen pan out the way we hope they're going to, the Flyers could have that. And who's, they don't need a superstar center when you have that on the back end. Who's going to be our P.K.? Who who would be the Flyers' P.K. Subban? I mean, in terms, of, it's, in terms of talent or in terms of, like, like... Yes. Okay, talent, I mean, you would think Provost is probably the best. Now, in terms of, like... Flashiness probably Ghost, but I don't think Ghost will ever be as good as Subban. No, that would be, I mean. That's okay. Yeah. And, and how about overall charm? Overall charm. <laughs> that that remains to be seen. On our defense. Samaran. Samaran seems kind of charming. He ate that big he's breakfast cute. that yeah, time. He, yeah, he's kind of a, uh, he's thing. kind of a, he's kind of a practical little, joker, little I think. French accent. Yeah. Samaran, he's the charmer. That's my official he's the stance. Charmer. Uh, but yeah, I'm. Uh, so I've been reading a bunch of stuff. I actually figured out I have uh, NHL Insider. So, no, uh, <laughs> oh, look at this ESPN guy. ESPN Insider and like all their NHL content is behind the paywall, and I figured out I have that because I have ESPN the magazine. Apparently, uh, so apparently, <laughs> <What do you laughs> <know>? apparently. <laughs> I get. Like, I, I pay money for things on. and don't know I uh, have hold this. Hold on, isn't the, the code like on? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's on the magazine, yes. right? Yeah, That's, I, 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 I just go to discountmags.com sometimes and like see what kind of deals they're running. And I got like five years to ESPN the magazine for like fifty dollars paid endorsement. Yeah. Sponsor no. us, thank you. No, I just like I got five years of ESPN the magazine for like fifteen bucks. What like, a deal! Yeah, I'm doing it. Wow, sure. easy. And then I figured out like last night it comes with Insider. Insider yeah. yeah, that's yeah. good. Poop uh, but I, I also very much enjoy the hockey news, and I've been reading their draft preview issue. Uh, it's a fun read. It takes like thirty minutes to get through that magazine. I'm not telling you it's like a Bible or anything. Fun fact, yeah. people still read magazines yeah. in 2017. They're great. It's still a thing. This guy. There's a, they've been running uh, this week, this month has features on on Patrick versus he share and like all their abilities head to head, what they're best at. They basically split everything. Uh, well, uh, shot, skating, IQ, and stick handling gave neither the edge. Said they're tied. They're both really good at both. Uh, he gets the edge in vision and defensive play. Patrick uh, leads in puck possession, physicality, and NHL readiness. So it's, they're they're basically both awesome players. So and that's fun to read. So two points here. The first point, and this is just a question. Yeah. Uh, but I'll get into the point afterwards. Did I they uh, did they make a uh, an evaluation on who they ranked first? They've been Nolan Patrick first, okay. and they're sticking with it. But they're like, it's not. It's not a slam dunk. You, yeah. Very well could be just whatever that GM happens yeah. to like that day. Makes like, sense. The GM like uh, in Jersey just might think be thinking, yeah, we're going Nico because this is – and then on draft day go, we can't pass up Nolan Patrick. Like it, it could very well happen that way. You'll yeah. never know the thought process, but it could go that way. Well, I know Corey Promen had Nico over Patrick last week. He released his thing on ESPN Insider. But – Back going back to the the descriptions you gave for for Patrick and Heisher, it's really interesting to me reading these descriptions because they kind of tend to contradict each other depending oh, yeah. on which site you're reading. Like when I was doing research on on Nico, the the one thing that I was that I was told I've 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 not watched a ton of I've watched more of Patrick than Nico. Yeah. I've watched a little bit of Nico just in terms of like clips and whatnot, but I was. I was under the impression that Nico was a significantly better skater than Patrick. And it's interesting that, that Hockey News says it's about even. By the same token, I've also heard that Patrick's defensive game is more developed than he shares. And now these guys are saying he shares got the better defensive play. Like, so much of this is just like, did they see him well that, yeah. that one did game? Did he play that good game well? Uh, like, s- quickness kind of skating, Nico, they give the edge, but. Uh, Patrick's ability to use his size—that's fair—and like get okay. around the ice. Like if you give him a breakout pass, he's gonna skate. He's, okay. he's gonna get by the, de- the 
he's going to get by the defense. Like, it's not like he's slow by any means. Uh, yeah, so it's different kinds of skaters, Fair. but they're both very strong skaters. The defensive play, because I was under the impression until I read this that that was where Patrick had the edge, and they actually end up giving it to Heeshare here. And uh, I wanted to actually read it because I saw you have it. Uh, if there's one area of the game where one player has a decided edge, it's defensive play, and that goes to Heeshare. It's not that Patrick can't play defense because he can. It's that playing a defensive game is far more innate and comes more naturally to Heeshare, while Patrick must be prodded into it. Heeshare is just more honest two-way player, said one scout. In Patrick, I see a guy who could, but I don't see a guy who wants to all the time. Oh, my God. Scouts have noticed he share always has a stick under the opponent under the stick of his opponent when he doesn't have the puck and his back checking is something to behold. Some guys chase back, said another scout. He share pressures back. Scouts think the gap in defensive play will narrow as the two players get older, but for now it goes to he share. And I have now mentally prepared myself for at least five games of Nolan Patrick sitting in the press box learning how to play defense oh, under yes. Dave Hextall. Absolutely. But like that's happening. Do scouts and like especially for forwards, defensemen is a different story because like that's what they do. But how much do scouts really know? whether a player is good at defense or not, whether a forward is good at defense or not. Like, I'm still waiting for Scott Lawton to be the next John Madden. Like, we we were told that this guy was going to be like, maybe his offense wasn't going to be there, but he was a great defensive forward. And that's been his weakness in the NHL. Like, we were sold that... That Scott Lawton, at the very least, is going to be a great shutdown forward. And the next and he, he sucks at it. Like... I almost wonder for a lot of scouts, and not the best ones. I'm sure the best ones have their have, have you know they got their shit together. They know what they're looking for. But I bet a lot of scouts they just see a guy like trying hard in the corners, and they think, yeah, that guy's good defensively. It's like, well, no, that's like a that's what very I, very small part of it. That's what I absolutely think happened with Scott Lawton. At least is that somebody saw him like win a puck battle against two defenders and be like, oh my god, like he's great. Good guy he's, tries yeah, hard. He, he can absolutely play defense at the next level. Look at that compete level. Like where there's while I do believe defense is mostly effort. Like a lot of it's instincts. Yeah. A like, lot especially of especially yes. in the neutral zone, so much of his instincts. That's, Mike Richards wasn't fast, but he just knew how to get his puck in a lane on a cross ice pass and would take it the other way for a short handed goal. Therefore he oh, was great man. defensively. Like a he Mike just had really good instincts. A Mike Richards Poke, short. Oh God, man! I loved him. <laughs> I did. I, I Just poking that puck, taking it down the other way, shorty. Oh my God! Going so through fun. my closet the other day, I found my uh, my Mike Richards jersey that I had, and I actually bought it when Jason Smith was still on the team and captain. <laughs> but you best believe there's a C on that jersey that I got put on a year early. Nice. That my friends still say you jinxed him. You're the problem. <laughs> All your fault, Bill. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. Me, Once yeah. again, Bill was wrong. Wasn't his drug dealer, but it was somehow my fault. Oh, I, I'm too, still too I'm far. St- I'm st- well. I'm still waiting for Scott Lawton to show any of of that fire that you people are talking about. The Honestly, compete. I forgot Scott Lawton existed. I believe it's I, only I, like, I forgot well, like he was going. he was like a prospect for this team. Poor Scott. Not See, poor I Scott. I don't if know. He was if we, good, I feel bad for team. Scott Lawton. I know you hate him, but I really feel bad for the guy. <laughs> he just doesn't have a place here. Let him go. But, like, he definitely should have had a place instead of Chris Vance. Oh, yeah, exactly. We should have been watching him the last two years play left wing on the fourth line. Yes. Like, that, there's no question in my mind that should have been his spot. Yeah, I mean, and and I think that we've probably talked about this before, and I know I've definitely talked about it with Charlie because we went to a game in Lehigh Valley together. But Scott Lawton is, is leaps and bounds better than anybody else in the AHL that that I've seen, I've seen him play in a couple of games. Um, not only that, but he just he looks like he's not even trying. Like it, it's effortless to him to be better than everybody. He else. can just take over a shift if he wants to. Like if he wants if he to. Wa- but the other times he's just kind of like, okay, well, I guess I'm here and I'll I'll pretend to work on defense and I guess I will because maybe that'll get me back to the NHL. But like guys, like really, can I can I come back up now? Yeah, it's like he wasn't really <laughs> given a fair chance last season, was he? Well, I think he was. I mean, he was given he was given that third line center role for like a good half the season, and he was just bad at it. I mean, Belmar did Belmar hold that at the beginning of the year? No, Belmar was always the four C. Wait, are we talking about we're, no? The, just this past. Oh, season. this past. Oh, well, this past year he looked like crap in training camp, and then he got hurt. Okay, yeah. 
I'm talking about, the, I'm talking about the, the previous year oh, when they yeah, handed him yeah, the third yeah. line center role. Belmar was the four C, and Lawton was bad at it. And he had, didn't finally started playing well until they moved him to wing. You had the influx of oh Travis Konechny, and we're actually kind of looking at Jordan Wheel. Jordan Scott Wheel. Lawton basically was bound for the AHL from the start this year. I I, I Sorry, think Scott. He, I think he definitely didn't get a fair shake this season, but at a certain point, like. You gotta show something, and he just never has at this at the NHL level. We'll see. We'll see yeah. if he gets a shot this year. They seem he high will. on it. They seem high on him. Unless Vegas yeah. takes him. Yeah, trade yeah. him for a fourth round with that. Uh, so where were we? Oh, right. I have no idea. Are we? Fo- are we? Following we're talking about outline? sports. This is yeah. a sports podcast. Are we gonna get to your Only thing? Sports. Is this true? Maybe I don't know. There's 12 minutes. We're, yeah, we're like running out of time. Wedge again. it in. Wedge it in. <laughs> we're ready for uh, it now. I want to talk do about it, this. Bill. All right, we'll do this now. Do then. the thing. All right, All right. doing so, the thing. So in a, uh, we'll get to your connecting thing. Right. Why he still this. has the piece of paper? I will <laughs> never let this piece of paper go. I'm gonna have it framed. <laughs> I was gonna say frame it after this <laughs> show. Bill I'm has been, been for, be for people listening and, and watching on Facebook. Bill has been carrying around this piece of paper for probably two months in his wallet, right? In my wallet. Yeah. For for at least two months. Just to remind him to bring it up when we're on the show, and yes. he, he never does. All right. So in a uh, in the January thirtieth issue of Sports Illustrated magazine, there was a countdown of the seventeen most iconic moments in NHL history. All right, uh, the Flyers, one of the most one of the most celebrated teams in the National Hockey League, the fir- the Broad Street Bullies, the first expansion team to win uh, to win a Stanley Cup, three finals appearances in the '80s, Eric Lindros, all that stuff, Ed Snyder, one of the one of the guys who formed this freaking league, what it is now. They have one appearance. It's number seventeen. Oh God, I'm I'm mad about this now. I'm reading it. And I'm getting angry. It is June. June 9th, twenty ten. It is titled Phantom Puck. Oh boy, yeah, six, six, six nine, twenty ten. Their only, <laughs> their only <laughs> appearance on this list is Patrick Kane versus Michael Layton in the worst moment in the history of the league. That That's didn't an, happen. That game, the worst was canceled. The worst goal ever scored <laughs> is the only Flyers appearance on this list, and it infuriates me. It but should. also, like I, I said all those things. Like, is there a single moment? In like just a moment in Flyers history that you would put on this list, like they've done a lot of awesome stuff, but like, is there a one moment? So I, I'm going to throw this one out there, and in the hockey news, that, that was what this was. Hockey. News, this was right? Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated. Okay, in the Sports Illustrated's defense, maybe even though I'm, I'm maybe not even giving them too much credit, this might not actually count because it wasn't truly an NHL game but to me if you're going to put one in there it would have been the Flyers taking apart the Red Army team because that was yeah. like a really big deal mm-hmm. like the Flyers were like the team that was showing that the NHL can the best of the NHL is better than the best of Russia and they like beat the crap out of them yeah like that to me is an iconic moment but is it an the NHL the Van hit should yeah. probably yeah like is it an NHL game it was an exhibition with an NHL team I, I would say it should be in there, yeah. but but it's a team that won the previous two cups, was looking for its third, and took time out of its season to beat up a bunch of commies. Yeah, like that's a great, whoa, that's whoa, a whoa, great whoa. moment. <laughs> Who doesn't love beating up commies? Excuse me, are you, guys. Are you this not is American? not a political podcast. <laughs> stick to Please stick to sports. Uh, I was thinking, uh, just thinking from. That's a great one, Charlie. Actually, I hadn't even that one. Uh, I totally blanked on. That's a really good one. The one to me that I would put on there is the Laviolette timeout against the Bruins. That was a good one. T- to me, that that whole yeah. series, though. Yeah. Like, honestly, if you think about it, the yeah. game for the overtime, you know, the game seven coming back from three nothing deficit. That whole series, you that put was on amazing. There. The problem with that, though, and like for me, it's iconic because I'm a Flyers fan. But like. The problem with that is that they didn't win the championship. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, had they won the title, I bet that's on there. Which is what made this Phantom Puck thing so there. heartbreaking to me is, like, the whole time in that series against the Blackhawks, like, game one, they gave up six goals or whatever the hell it is, and then they're in overtime in game six to force game seven. Yeah. And the whole time, I'm just, well, one, inebriated. And, <laughs> and two, just like, yo, they didn't. Come all the way back. And I do really all this. thought I was that like, was there. There's year. no way you come back from 3-0 against the Bruins to to lose. I like there really was no thought. way they're gonna lose this. They're gonna win it in seven. It'll be a big deal. No, no. Patrick Kane just he said no. Nope. Friggin' I was, I was at that game and had no idea what was happening. The guy next to me goes, "Oh, sorry about your team," and I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> and then I was like, "Well, what? Why are they? 
Why are they celebrating? What's happening? What's, what's going on? No That's, idea. And the whereabouts of and the puck are still unknown. Had Michael no Wayne's still looking still behind him for it. it. Two He's people. Like still turned around looking for it. Like, Two people in the building knew where the puck was. One was Patrick Kane and one was Michael Layton. Yeah. Did Layton that's really? Yeah. Oh, Layton knew. Oh, he knew. <laughs> he was like, hoping no he one knew. He felt his whole career end. He's like, I am on this it run. Fell. I am on this incredible run. I am a men's league goalie. And it's all <laughs> over. He's still playing. He's a really he's good like, AHL goalie. He's the best AHL he's goalie the greatest. of all time. He is the, not to reference Bull Durham again, but he is the Crash Davis of the AHL. That's he's a really, just, really good comparison. He's the greatest of all time at that level. Like okay. he's just not he's not talking about Michael Layton anymore. Though. What about Primo's? Was it fifth overtime goal? Yeah, I mean, it's a that's five overtime iconic. game. Yeah, no game has gone yeah, longer that, in the modern that, that's modern a good point. league. That's a good point. A five overtime yeah. game. I mean, like, just talking about how long, like you know, the stamina it takes for the players yeah. to play that many periods, and the fact is, the game went to like two a.m. Yeah. yeah, like how do you not put that in? And there? it was a nice goal too. Yeah, like it wasn't like a lot of times those kind of long games they end in like a bounce because everybody's just like falling over. That was a really nice play by Primo to score that goal, and like, like, that could have happened in the first period. Like Boucher, uh, Ronick, and uh, and. One other guy, uh, Jonesy, are all on like the NBC panel, so that game comes up regularly. Yeah. Every time a game in the playoffs goes to overtime, they're like, "Oh, we could go to Remember two in the morning time? again, boys. <laughs> we did this one. We're going to be ordering pizzas in the locker room, like Hardy <laughs> Like it just like it comes up all the time. It's a huge moment. Or or even well, was it just in game moments, or was it in general moments on the list? Uh, there's all sorts of because uh, you can mostly put the, you can put the, win, you can put the Windrush trade on the truth. That's a big yeah. deal. Guy getting drafted first overall, saying, "Hey, I don't want to play," then gets traded a year later for like half the team, and then fifteen million dollars. But gives, it, you know, give Colorado a cup, basically. And, but again, like, and as Flyers fans, like we're throwing all these out there, and, 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 and the they're obvious. One of them. But like at the same time, like. These, they, they don't feel as important to everyone else because That's they true. don't get finalized by the championship. Yep. Like had Lindros lifted the cup, maybe, and like the flood, mm. he he was the guy that trade got the Flyers back to the Stanley Cup. They got Colorado. If if, the, if, if, know, if, if, if yeah. Primo, if Primo's goal ends with the Flyers not losing to the Devils in the next round and they go to the finals and they win it all, maybe that's on there. Like it's a lot easier to sell it in these types of things honestly, when they end with point. a championship. I honestly can't believe the hit on Lindros didn't make. That's it a fair point. Yeah. That's one of the biggest highlights of the history of the league. Yeah. Like it basically ended one guy's career, ended an era. It launched a three-one or. Sealed the three-one comeback for the Devils. Like I, you know. Now I'm mad again. But I digress. <laughs> well, now we can be happy. Can we? Can we? We're gonna can talk we about, really? We're going to talk about Charlie's optimistic article about Travis connecting. Oh yeah, I did hey. write that. <laughs> <laughs> hey Teeks. Uh, Teeks, who was very very sad yesterday. Well, he just the he was on Team Canada, uh, led all Flyers in the World Championships with eight points, had no goals, eight assists, uh, and playmaker baby. All things are looking up for TK. Let's for a second just like talk about the coaching staff that allowed this to happen. So I, I forget. He was on it. I, I forget. Oh my God! What's the what's the name of the Tampa Bay head coach? John, uh, Cooper. John Cooper. Thank you. So he's the head coach for Team Canada, who relegated uh, Jonathan Drouin yeah. to yeah. the AHL because he couldn't deal with whatever. This is just they're tough love guys. I, I, well, I mean, fine. <laughs> um, but then Dave Axtall, who like to scratch connecting, is is an assistant coach. And this is the result of the two of their combined efforts. It's not like Konechny got scratched for 40 games. That's all no, I'm trying to say. No, but he got scratched. He it got scratched. Like Every now and then, a 19-year-old gets scratched. I don't think it's a crime against humanity. Yeah, I'm, Playing yeah. Vandevelde 81 times, yes, I realize none of these things happen in a vacuum. And when you say, what the hell is he doing playing Vandevelde 81 times, I, I still can't believe he scratched that, him on that the last day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, screw with us. <laughs> just, just so I couldn't say he played him in every game. Yeah. He scratched him on the last day of the year. Yeah. Yeah. But like, uh, well, wait. Was the one game before where Vandevelde was like a scratch up until like five minutes well, before the Beale, game? Beale got and then, sick. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, someone and then had just appeared yeah. in the game. Like, like the entire before it was like, oh, Vandevelde scratching. Oh, he's suddenly playing. Yeah, yeah. That that was, that was funny too. But yeah, yeah. So he had the eight assists. They go on to win silver. They lost in the shootout to mm-hmm. uh, uh, King Lundquist's cupless uh, <laughs> kingdom. Uh, <laughs> 
did you see uh, Nylander take out Lundqvist? Uh, yeah. like, I, can't wait, I can't wait for like Lundqvist a to just like beat her. It was hurt. amazing. It was very delightful. Like nothing. I thought. I thought that Mitch Marner was just joy, like a pure joy in, in human form but Nylander's totally He's right there too. Steph yeah. actually wants to kidnap like half the league After, I'm just, yeah, she, I'm just she has like, plans she has like a whole book and everything drawn up she was showing us before this well I'm just gonna put them in it's my just purse off the record. like yeah. I think that they're small enough well I think I feel like Mitch Marner might be <laughs> Nylander not so much I think he's bigger you have to get like but, a suitcase for him yeah, like so, one of the rolling ones. <laughs> Charlie, I wanted to ask, because we saw the positives, and there were some weaknesses to connect these game. There's no denying he is not a polished NHL player yet, but clearly the potential is there. Uh, how can he best be utilized in year two? To me, number one, you want to use him with actual good players. Like, I, I, and, and, and in the in the article, wow. like I... I kind of go to bat for Dave Haxall a little bit, at the, at least to the degree where I basically like say that there is a distinction between how Gosses Bear was treated and how Konechny was treated. Because Gosses Bear, if you look at the numbers, is really, really a lot of bad luck. And then the Flyers, I think, let that feed into this idea of like he's the risky puck moving defenseman that needs to be broken. Konechny legitimately was not that good defensively for a lot of the year. And if you're going to use the final month and a half of the year to try to teach him some things, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to use some teaching moments. I agree with that. But the idea of like keeping him on like the fourth line with Belmar, like bad, let's, let, let's, let's not do that ever again. Some I, I will say like a part of me thinks he just couldn't play more than nine minutes a game and he was just beat. Like I think that might have been part well, of one, it. One thing I noted in the article as well is that like the last – month and a half of the year, his production dropped off a cliff. And it wasn't just because he was with Belmar and Vanderbilt. He played like crap with Voracek, too. Yeah. So that could easily have just been he sprained his ankle and knee in yeah, one play that could easily and be was playing at 60% health for a month and a half. And they were just like, well, I guess we can't give you that many minutes. So okay, here's Belmar and Vanderbilt. You're still one of our 12 <laughs> best forwards, but... You're ten, yeah. You know, but I think you got to give him. You got to give him a wing spot with a good center, and whether that's the number two overall pick, whether that's Philpola, you know, whether that's Giroux, like give him offensive minutes, but also you know, you know, ease him in and try to you know impress upon him the importance of you know back checking and good neutral zone play. Make I him sit it. in the press box and watch Charlie. He can do a lot of learning up there. A lot oh, yeah. of learning. A lot of learning. That's I, I did. I will say I learned quite a bit in my time in the press box. Ooh. You learned you weren't going far in hockey. <laughs> <laughs> I ne- like just little things. Like I will say, like uh, I never fully appreciated the game PK Subban plays until I saw him away from the puck and like just stuff. That's fair. You will see a lot that you don't see on on camera if you are a person who only watches games on TV. At that, like I, I love the height of the press box. I like being all the way up and seeing absolutely everything. I was uh, gonna say I, I can learn that from my seats on the second level. Though. Maybe sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all they right. probably see a lot more on the ice than. I don't know. I feel like you I get tunnel vision. Yes. Yeah. I feel like you get tunnel Maybe. vision down there. Maybe, yeah. but yeah. you're going to see what's happening away from the puck if you're on the ice. It does help. Like up in the prospects, it does help because it's easier to see plays develop. Yes, like mm-hmm. it's easier to see like guys stretching in the neutral zone to make themselves available for passes, things like that. Like you do pick up on that easier the higher up you are, just because you have a wider view. Yeah, it's like a widescreen TV. Yeah. So there's that. All right. So we like. Uh, I, I would love to see a uh, just for me the number two pick centering Limblom and Konechny. That'd like, be fun. That would like be the fun. Kid, the kid line. Here we are. Yeah. This is it. Yes. Everybody made it. It's here. <laughs> we found our babies. Um, I would really. You know what? I would really, really love for Ron Hextall to do anything between this podcast and next podcast. Well, that would be something. Yeah. Like, how about we extend Ghost? Like, how about we do that? This we, week. We could sign Limblom to his entry level. Let's Starting. sign Limblom. That could happen. Jordan we could sign Vandevelde to a four-year extension. Joe, so you're, you're about to get out. I'm like, never going to be back again. I am, I am banned it. from being on this podcast for the next century. We could forget goodbye. that Mike Vecchioni exists like I do on an almost daily basis. Oh, <laughs> like, let's, maybe who? they have forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I wouldn't be upset about that. No. Is it starting? I mean, it's still so much time till July 1st and everything. And I mean, it's almost He's June. only a restricted free agent. I but mean, Shen didn't sign like, August how last come, year, right? Yeah, but they were in come, the arbitration room. Ghost, well, does Ghost, can he go to arbitration or not? I do not. Is he okay. arbitration eligible? How's that work? Is he not arbitration Charlie, eligible? Charlie, how's that work? You're smart. Know, tell us. I, I, I don't know. You're the one that's supposed to know these things. <laughs> I Hold on. I, I haven't looked up his Google. his RFA Quick, status. Google, whether words. his RFA status is because there was like there's different RFA's. Yeah. 
but I, I I'm think sure. Cousins is the only one arbitration eligible. That, that sounds right to me. If I, I don't know what correctly. to do Lawton when Charlie doesn't be? know the answer. <laughs> we I'm just scared. panic. We panic. Yeah. Uh, if Charlie doesn't know, then the hammer means know. arbitration eligible. Shane Gossespierre is not according to Captain. Okay, so okay. he would just sit in restricted free agent limbo with a with a. Can we just get offer. this done? He needs like one I just additional want it, pro year. I okay. want it done and over with. I mean, it's gonna get done. You It'll can get sign done. A six yeah. year, maybe maybe thirty million. It's just, it's just a matter maybe of six years. <laughs> maybe you know it's, it's just driving me up the wall because like I want something to happen, and I get yeah. I get that Hextall was at the World Championships. I get that, but like. At least sign Lindblom. Like he wants to come over. I want to be able to actually be like, yes, this guy has a legitimate chance of making the team. Can't do that until he's actually signed because well, like, they I don't have to RFA. I didn't know that they could sign. Hmm? What's the the other guy from Union? Spencer Fu. No, Spencer yeah, but that, I think that's I not mean, gonna happen. Has, that's not gonna no happen room. until later. He has I, no room on this team. But well, send I know him they down were to the, the AHL. Send yeah. him with the Phantoms. Well, I think, that, I think they said that Fu was waiting like later on to later on in the offseason. He's waiting. He's waiting for Vecchioni to get a two-room place so he can stay with yeah. him. Oh, Jesus. In, 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 uh, in Allentown. Yeah, he can exactly. go stay with Danny Briere like every other Flyers prospect. He's team dad. That's true. Briere? Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, what is up with this Lindblom ELC? Can we get that done? I just want it to be done because, yeah. like, he's said so many times he wants to come over. It seems like the Flyers want him to come over. Hextall said in exit interviews that we'd love to have him. So, like... Energy level contracts are not that difficult to negotiate. There's only so much you can give the guy. So just get him signed. Give him money and give him get him signed. Contract. Please give, give him a piece of paper and say write your name on this and then come play hockey for us. Just say that. It's not hard. Sounds like a plan. It and then if he doesn't like really it, you can easy. just you know what? We could just be the GM of the Flyers. We could just you know <laughs> like we could we well, could well, go well, to maybe, maybe not you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way any of us could be worse than Bob Clark. No, there's no way. Absolutely. Well, I mean, none of us in this that, room would sign fair. Andrew McDonald for it's six years, fair. thirty million. So does that make us better the than Paul Holmgren? Good for a long time with Bob. There Clark. was no cap, and they had Comcast's money. Anyone could have yeah, given. But there were other well, teams anyone, that had a lot of money too. Anyone could have given Chris Gratton ten mil up front. See, but didn't didn't Clark not that. sign a goalie to the tail end of the nineties? And when they got Van Beesbrook, didn't he cheap out on that? I'm too young. Yeah, because they didn't get Cujo. They could have had Joseph, and they went and got Beezer, who got replaced by Brian Boucher. Boosh. Boosh. Uh, Brian Boucher is top Boosh. five. He's top five favorite all-time flyer. For yeah, me. we I love do Boosh. not shit talk. Uh, Boosh. Nashville. If you're listening, Boosh, come and join this. this Nashville panel. is up we two one right him. now. Someone texted me and said he's got nice eyes. Yeah, Crazy was going on, but I don't Brian see Boucher what it was. Does have nice him and Marty Buran, like all all eyes team for Flyers goalies. All right, one all last right, thing before we wrap up here. What is the craziest thing you've seen suggested with the second overall pick? Oh. Trade it for Mark Andre yeah, Fleury. Definitely the Fleury thing. I love Mark that people Fleury. think the price would Hold be a, a second round pick. A second for round Ma- pick yeah. for Mark for their Andre backup Fleury. Goalie. We need a goalie right now. That's all we need for a championship. Trade the pick. We're set. Hold for a sign him for like has, nine years, six million. He has to be traded. Dan have- Kelly has been compiling some of the funniest stuff I've read uh, about people with their suggestions. Oh, with his diary. Pick. Yeah, it is yeah. funny. And it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, the, I'm, I'm June trying 23rd, to find the exact June 23rd cannot get here fast enough. <laughs> and people are still going to not be happy with what happens. There's going to be a reason to complain. Oh, yeah, no. They're going to find a reason to complain. They're going to end up with Nolan Patrick, who has been the consensus number one pick since last year, and everyone's going to go, this is bullshit. We should have got a goalie. <laughs> like, it's going to be oh, unbelievable. Why, did, why didn't we trade it for a defenseman? We need one of those. Kurt actually tweeted one out that he saw on the Facebook feed. Let's trade the second pick and Andrew McDonald to Vegas for their sixth pick. <laughs> Do what? it. You know what? I don't hate it. Uh, <laughs> of all the crazy nope. shit. Of all the crazy shit I've oh, seen. Here it is. I mean, I take that over the You're flurry deal. Glass. Hold on. Steph's got it. It's taking a while to load. Give me a second. Uh, um, okay. I think I would, hear me out, Stolarz is still probably a year or two out. The boys, <laughs> The boys are deep with young offensive, defensive talent. However, the missing piece is a stud goalie. Anyone who's played slash watched and understands the game knows you can have the greatest off. Oh, offense or defense in the world, but without a solid goalie, it's an exercise in futility. And this is titled "The Second Pick for Mark Andre Fleury." Do you pull the trigger? 
stud goalie. This is someone. Hear who, me out. This is someone who has never heard of or seen Carter Hart. Like this person does not know and, that Carter Hart. Well, don't, don't you know that every prospect pans out? Like, don't you know that you know every prospect on the Phantoms right now is going to be a, a game-breaking player for the Flyers? They're all going to pan out. None of them are going to bust. Well, you don't actually play hockey, so you don't actually oh, God, know anything. Right. Yeah. It's it's the fact that I'm if, a if girl. We're, if we're going to talk about trading the second overall pick for a goalie, can we at least like? Pick out a good one. Yeah, it's gonna be right. Kind of, <laughs> but but honestly, if is, I'm not getting you, price, I'm not trading it. I'm out of your mind. We could probably get Mark Andre Fleury for the fourth rounder that we got for Ronaldo. But we need it was a third. Yeah, third, oh, third. I'm sorry, yeah. third. Hell of a usage yeah. of the Ronaldo pick. We yeah. got two thirds and three fourths. I'll give you one of each. <laughs> Mark Andre Fleury. And if you don't do it, you're and nice. the, yeah, the seventh and the seventh from the straight deal. So All right, don't I, I don't. I don't. There's been a lot of talk about trading for Marc-Andre Fleury. And and the only reason, like, for two years, he'd be better than Neuvert in terms of a starter. Like, I can consider it okay, but I will not agree with ever helping out the Pittsburgh Penguins. Like, if they need to trade him to protect Matt Murray, they have to do this. They either have to trade him or they have to buy him out. And there is absolutely no way I can get behind helping out that team. I don't think Even they ever trade him to us, us either. I don't a think good that they would. Asset. I don't if think they, they gave would. us a good asset to take him, would you take him, though? If they gave you, like, uh, I don't know who's good on them, most of their players... I mean, we had we had to send Mark Streit through Tampa. I just don't think that these two teams are ever going to be trading partners for anything ever. Uh, I'm, I'm with well, you. Well, that, I mean, was, there was, that the, was more the, because of uh, cap salary retention. The Tampa yeah, yeah. yeah. rights to hand the rights, yeah, but he didn't sign. And then he wanted to go play. That was because, because they, 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 they wanted to the go ruin my career. <laughs> All right. Guess what, guys? That was another. That was like an hour five, I think. We did it. I don't know. We we started a little late because that I had to figure out Facebook. Is all the time we have for you on Broad Street Hockey Radio. Be sure to yo check it yo rate us on iTunes. We haven't had an iTunes rating in a while, and I haven't berated you people in a while. Yeah, now we're ready to do it. We need more five star ratings. Keep up that five rate star rating. Six stars. Make a bunch of fake accounts. Make more and subscribe on all of them. Do all that stuff. Uh, my name is Bill Matz. This has been Broad Street Hockey Radio. We will be having a draft party at a bar in Philadelphia. We don't know where yet, but it will be happening, so mark your calendars for Friday, June 23rd. You better be there, or you else. best be there, or uh, we're going to send someone after you. We're going to send It'll Charlie after you. Have a great week, Philly. Need to talk about I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.